Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Good morning, friends, and welcome if you are live in the chat. So glad you're here. If you're watching this or listening to it later on, I'm just so proud of you. Thanks for catching up in this conversation. It's been a great one. I want to get into our series, uh, but before we do that, I want to give you uh, a great news. Here's the deal, okay? Now, we've been uh, not meeting in person, so we've been online only uh, this uh, beginning of this year. And um, honestly, we're really trying to be safe. But we are throwing a worship night next Sunday night. Next Sunday night, a worship night. And I want you, if you can, to be there. Here's why. Because uh, we might have some baptisms. We're going to be doing those. Uh, we're actually going to be ordaining some staff. And it's pretty historic. So you don't want to miss this. So if you can be here in person, worship night Come be a part. Let's just be together uh, because we're going to be online for a while. But this is a great opportunity for us to actually collect together and worship together. So make sure next Sunday night be here. All right. We'll give you details. Follow us on social media and all that good stuff. Now, um, let's get into this conversation that we've been uh, in. It's talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Now, interestingly enough, I had a conversation uh, with a person that I don't think I've ever had. Like, I, what I mean by that is like, so this person comes up to me and she goes, oh, I, sh I shouldn't have said she, man. I'll just call them they. All right. So they come up to me and say, um, hey, I know you from social media. I'm like, oh, great. And then they tell me that they've been following me for a long, for a, for a past six months or something like that or, or, or last year sometime and then begin talking about how I used to do these Instagram uh, prayer nights on Wednesday nights and, and, and this person really enjoyed it. And um, I was like, oh, this is great. And we talked about how beneficial it was. And, and then this person said, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I was really enjoying those. And then and then you posted something, and I was like, oh, okay. And it says, and it made me angry, and that is when I stopped following you and unfriended you. And I was like, oh, okay. And then my first reaction was, oh, uh, that's okay. I mean, I, 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 that's what I said. I'm like, that's okay. And, and then she's like, yeah, I was so angry. And I, in fact, I also commented. And then she began to tell me more about it. And I was like, and in this weird sense of like, I feel bad that you unfriended me. I don't, I don't, I, I, I want to console you. In my head, I'm like, this is not my natural reaction. But this person was like uh, talking about like how much it offended her or her, them. And I was like, uh, it's, it's okay. It's okay. And when they left, I thought to myself, man, I wonder if they wanted me to be 
uh, as hurt or offended as they were about a post that I made. And, and the post, honestly, was really about leading with love and all good stuff. So anyways, but when they left, I thought, man, this is not my natural reaction. Um, and then I thought, you know what? I blame this series. I do. I blame this series because we're talking about like joy and peace and love and all those things. And last week, Kristen talked about kindness. I mean, come on, being aware, being accepting, uh, being available for people. I mean, this is the problem. See, we start talking about stuff that matters. We start talking about like being like Jesus. Then we're going to actually be accountable to that. And I am like, I have this love-hate relationship with this series. I hate it because it challenges me I love it, though, because it has the power to change me, right? It really does. And so I am truly glad. I make fun of the fact of that, uh, and I joke about the fact that this is, uh, um, you know, I hate this conversation. But honestly, this is such an important conversation, and I'm so glad we're having it. This series has been really great because for so many of us, it's been extremely uh, clarifying to us, like, hey, are we really followers of Jesus? Are we a church? Are we a group of people who really believe in acting like Jesus, not just talking about Jesus, not like just, you know, diving into the scriptures, but living out the scriptures. So this morning, let's jump into our conversation. It's found in Galatians 5. That has been our launching uh, verse. It's uh, verse 22. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So this morning, we're going to talk about goodness. Goodness. What does it mean to you? I think we all have ideas of what goodness uh, looks like in our lives, like this idea of being good or uh, being righteous or just, you know, always being a good person. I mean, what does that mean? So let's start with Jesus. What did he um, think about when uh, talking, thinking about being good or goodness? Well, it brings me to my first verse, which I think this is pretty profound. This is Luke chapter 18, and uh, here's what it says. Once a religious leader asked Jesus, this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And now stop right here. Now, to that, I'm thinking, you know, Jesus is going to answer the question, but he doesn't. He answers the question with another question, which is classic Jesus. But then he says, he says this. He says, why do you call me good? Jesus asked him, uh, only God is good. Only God is good. Now, this, this, this uh, passage talks about a lot of amazing things, but right here, it kind of brings up this point, this tension, in fact, uh, that humanity has with, with God, this idea of being good and doing good. There is a difference. Now, like, notice this guy is like, hey, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do to, to be good? Like, I want eternal life. I just want to be good with God. I want to be righteous. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? And he goes, well, only God can do that. Like, it's God's job to make you good because he's good. See, have you noticed that even in, in uh, the, the message of Jesus, even when uh, people talk about God or even Christians, when they talk about things, sometimes it feels like we are so focused on being good, like trying to be good, that we forget to do good. And I wonder that if that's not the first distinction we have to make in terms of what is the Holy Spirit really trying to do? Is he trying to make us more saved or more special? Or is he trying to create something else in us? Is he trying to make us be, be, be more good or gooder? Or he's doing something else, and that is um, 
the Holy Spirit is developing uh, in us a sense of goodness that we begin to do more good. There is a difference. You see, again, like I've told you, um, if we focus on and if we spend our time on trying to be good or trying to be holy, if we, um, if we claim to be holy, you know, we're, uh, we're wasting our time. I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. See, it's, it's, um, we just have to be honest. God will make us holy. But if we, claim, if we claim and work towards being holy, we're rarely honest. Because here's the reality. This idea of being good has kind of been done. Let me, ask, let me clarify this. Romans 5 says this, verse 18. It says, yes, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But... Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Did you notice that? Uh, Adam's one sin brought condemnation to everyone. Christ's one act of righteousness brings uh, a right relationship and a new life for everyone. Then it goes on. It says, because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person, Jesus, obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Friends, I think we have to move out of this idea, number one, of being good. Because as long as the church wants to come across as being good and being holy, uh, we, we, we don't have time to actually do good in our lives. What is the deal with that, right? Why are we stuck in this? I was at a, in, a, in a conversation the other day um, with a guy who is a, fo- a follower of Jesus, right? And uh, so he was telling me a story and others as well. And this was at the gym. And as he was telling the story, he dropped the F-bomb. He did. And then he just stopped, looked at me, and he was like, uh, probably shouldn't shouldn't say that in front of the pastor. And I just looked at him and he was like, yep, that's a sure ticket to hell. And when he said that, I was like, what are you saying? Like, why would you say that? And I thought, man, this is so true. Like, there's this idea that we have to, like, we have to be these perfect people. I mean, really, honestly, like, uh, I think people's, uh, even Christians, right, uh, their focus is, like, being good. And then what happens is our concern is about making sure we don't go down to hell. But as we look at the scriptures, we find out that Jesus wants us to focus on doing good because that, cons- that what, what happens with that is, is that, that our concern actually is not about going, is like not going down to hell. It's in fact bringing heaven down to earth. See, that's the big difference here. That's what the scriptures always point to. That's what the teachings of Jesus always points to. I mean, let's just remind ourselves once again, Matthew uh, verse uh, uh, chapter 18 verse uh, sorry chapter 16 verse 18 Jesus is talking to Peter his disciples and he says this he says and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build what my church and the do you know it and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it the gates of hell basically will not come against it now you remember like just focus on this it's the gates of hell it's the gates of hell which means we are at the gates of hell knocking do you understand the posture there like god is saying i want you to invade hell with heaven 
I want you to do this. Because see, here's the issue is, if we don't understand this, if we don't wrestle uh, once and for all, I mean, and settle that, that, that God really w- will take care of us being good, we got to focus on doing good. If we don't do this, we'll fall into religion. And religion is about this. Religion says, hey, be good, be good because you're a sinner. Be good because you're a sinner. And Jesus comes in and goes, he goes, hey, do good because I sent you. Do good because I sent you. See, see, here's the, here's the problem. It feels like it feels like sometimes religion will easily tell us that you are you are just bad. You're bad, so just be good. And I feel like Jesus is saying, he's saying, the world is broken. Do good. Like as long as we focus on our sin, as long as we focus on being good, we, we, we misunderstand all the things that God has done. Again, Jesus is going to take care of us being good. And that is simply by inviting him into your life and allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work. And that work is growing fruits of the Spirit. So maybe you start with this. You start with, all right, I'm going to be good. Okay, how do you start being good? You invite Jesus into your life. And then the conversation moves to doing good. And that's what we're supposed to do. See, Jesus was always uh, um, being stopped and, and asked to do certain things. And he's always talking about how, how he has stuff to do because he's, there's, there's not enough time. Did you also notice that Jesus is, Jesus is like the, one, of the, one of the only like, uh, spiritual teachers, if you want to call him that, just that, that didn't like just focus on teaching. He's the guy who spent more time on the streets than synagogues. He's the guy who's like healing people and, and, uh, and speaking to people and hugging people and, and saving people and then paying for their meals. I mean, Jesus, you do remember that, right? He, 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 he fed like 5,000 people at one time and then another time he, he fed 4,000 people. And those people he actually healed and he talked to them uh, and preached to them and all that. I mean, like he was doing all kinds of things for them. Because Jesus, I think he understood, like it's really about doing good once you know that you're, you're good with God. You're made righteous with God. So that's what we, friends, we have to focus. That's what we have to, to do. Okay, so I guess... What does that mean, right? Okay, we do good. Hallelujah. Go forth. What do we do? What do we do? Well, I think, um, I think for the sake of our conversation, I think we have to go to the Old Testament to give us some insight. Now, the Old Testament is filled with a lot of wisdom. Now, Old Testament and New Testament, both of uh, this, all the scriptures together, uh, just remember, they're, they're, they're supposed to be read and understood in context. Um, and, uh, and most of them are not written to us, but they're for us. And so when we go to this Old Testament book, uh, the book of um, Micah, Micah is not written to us, but it's, I believe, for us. That we can look at the values, we can look at the principles and apply them. So Micah 6.8 clearly just kind of says it's in context. Uh, God is speaking to a group of people through a prophet. And the people group are, at that point are just asking, what do we need to do? And they're in fact actually asking, like, should we like uh, give our sacrifice our firstborn? Like, what what do we need to do to make you happy? What do we need to do to be followers of you? Like, you know, things like that. And so this is the response that God gives them. 
uh, it says here, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. Now God is speaking through this prophet. So he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And, and what the Lord requires of you. All right, great. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. There it is. There it is. He says, I'm going to show you what is good. Here, if you want to do good, do these three big things. Number one, act justly. What does that mean? Jeremiah 22 uh, another Old Testament passage um, says this, O the Lord proclaims, do what is just and right. Rescue the oppressed from the power of the oppressor. Don't exploit or mistreat the refugee uh, or, or the orphan or the widow. Don't spill the blood of the innocent in this place. What, is it, what, is it, what does he mean? What is, that, what, what is he talking about? He's saying, number one, here's what acting justly means. You rescue, you always rescue the oppressed, and you always help the marginalized. That's what acting justly means. And in fact, if you, if, if you need more clarity, you have to make sure you're not doing the opposite of acting justly, which is what? Which is um, justly means like you, you, you look at a person and you put judgment on them, but you put the right judgment on them. Well, so the opposite of that would be a prejudgment of people. And so what maybe the scriptures are saying is when you look at uh, the refugee, when you look at the orphan, you look at the widow, when you look at the people who are oppressed, when you look at the marginalized, don't prejudge them. You want to act justly? You want to do good? Don't prejudge the other people in your world. See, it's tough, isn't it? Because we like to prejudge. Oh, we just look. We look at people, and when they're down and out, and we we judge people. I've seen people in like situations of need, and I thought, "What got you here? I wonder what got you here. Why am I? What should I? I mean, maybe you deserve this, isn't it? Crazy. Like maybe you need to do such and such and such. Here, the scriptures are saying, "Here's what I want you to do. Um, This is an action. Don't prejudge people. It's as simple as that. People who are different from you." Don't prejudge them and then talk to them and interact with them that way. What you need to do is um, you need to act justly. And that means every time you see oppression, rescue people from it. Every time you see people marginalized, speak up and do something about it. When you see a need, fulfill it. Remember, remember friends, this is about action, right? Act justly. Then he says, love mercy. Love mercy. Jeremiah 31, another Old Testament passage, says this. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. By the way, I love this passage. Uh, And I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Why why do I read this? Because uh, of these two words, love, mercy. That's the action, right? That's what we've been told to do. But when we break it down, you'll see that it is so connected to each other, this idea of loving and this idea of what mercy means in the, in the scriptures. You see in Micah, uh, when the word mercy is used, this idea of loving mercy, the word mercy is the word hesed. Hesed in the Hebrew uh, language means um, covenant. Covenant. You see, 
what the scriptures are trying to do is, and what God is trying to say is, I, here's what I want you to act like. I want you to act like me. You see, I've made a covenant with you. And the covenant is that I have loved you with an everlasting love and I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. He's saying to us that my covenant to you is that every time I look at you, I will always have mercy on you. That there will never be a moment in your life I will look at you. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what what you're involved in. There's no moment that exists in time and space that I have ever and ever will look at you and not have mercy and grace for you. Other people will. Other people, even loved ones, will look at, uh, look at loved ones and look at them and not have mercy or have grace. But I've made a covenant with you. And so when he says love mercy, what friends, what he's really saying is I want you to make a covenant to always choose mercy. Always choose uh, grace when it comes to conflict, when it comes to people. And don't choose the opposite. You see, the opposite of mercy is... Uh, It's punishment, isn't it? It's punishment. Let me ask you this. Um, Do you like punishing people? Now, the first time I heard this question, it was directed to me. It was actually, Naeem, do you like punishing people? And I was like, "Uh, no. And the the response back was, "Uh, I think you do, Naeem. And I thought, huh, do I like punishing people? Well, here's how I think, I think I punish people, maybe you do it too. Either by avoidance, silence, withdrawing, or withholding, um, and neglect. I think when people who are really close to me, which is, sounds awful, but it's reality. Um, people who are the most close to me, who can hurt me the, the, the most, because you know, the closest people are, they can hurt you the most. And they do hurt you the most, and you feel, you feel all the pains and all the feelings. When they hurt you, you want to kind of not hurt them back, but they can apologize, but you, but you want them to feel a little bit, the pain. Is it just me? I think I have a tendency of doing that. I'll just be honest. I, 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 I don't like admitting this, but... Like, if you seriously hurt me, I want you to feel a little bit of the hurt as well. Um, and if I can do it by avoiding you or neglecting you or withholding certain things, um, maybe even withholding a conversation or, or forgiveness um, and holding on to bitterness, I, I, if I can control that, I think I want to. What? Is it in me, and let's just be honest, what is it in all of us that wants to punish people? I mean, I realized that I think people want to send people to hell more than God wants to send people to hell. Um, And we just love this. And here the scripture says, hey, do me a favor. You want to be good? You want to act good? You want to do good? Love mercy, make a covenant with mercy, that you will always choose mercy. Lastly, he says, walk humbly. Walk humbly. Walk humbly. Man, I, uh, again, one of the, again, like, 
I don't, I mean, yes, I want to do that, and we all want to do that, but it is so hard to do that. And have you noticed that if you don't walk humbly, you eventually get humiliated? I mean, it's like you either choose to be humble or you get humiliated. I mean, or you choose to, you choose to like, you know, um, put, put others first, or sometimes life will just throw you a curveball, and then others go first, and they win, and you don't. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a mess, isn't it? Here the Scriptures are saying, hey, I want you to do good. I want you to focus on doing good. And part of that is the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you live your life. And I want you to do this in humility. James, uh, James uh, 1 uh, says this. Now, by the way, James is the, uh, is the brother of Jesus, right? So he's, he's, a, he's an original OG, right? He knows he's been with Jesus, lived with him, was his roommate, brother, all that jazz. And so here he says this. He says, and this is kind of interesting because um, he, I think, he, I think he's, he's in the mood or something. But he says this. He says, uh, he says but don't, but don't uh, just listen to God's word. He's like, hey, just don't listen to God's word. Uh, you must do what it says. Uh, hello. Otherwise, you are just fooling yourself. So he's like straight up. He's like, hey, listen, you know what all the thing that uh, Jesus, my brother, told you? Like, he actually expects you to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's great and all that. Let's sing the song. I love that song too. That's wonderful. Let's do communion. Let's do all the ceremonies. Let's do all of this. But, uh, but when it comes down to it, I need you and Jesus needs you to actually do the stuff that Jesus told you to do. Like in one passage, he also says, like those who claim to know Jesus need to act like Jesus. Those who claim to believe in Jesus need to act like Jesus. In fact, he goes on chapter two and he says this, and he's seriously in this right now. He's straight up. He goes, hey, by the way, let me just say this. He says, you say you have faith? You say you have faith? I would say, yeah, I think I, think I have faith. He says, and, and you believe that there is one God? You believe there's one God? That, and then, then he says this, good for you. Good for you. Hallelujah. Whoop-de-doo. Let's do a clap. That's awesome. Oh, you're the man. He says, let, let me just keep on going. He says, good for you. And then he says, even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Now, number one, he just called some Christians demons, which, by the way, full on, like, just full disclosure here, this passage was, is, is the motivation for this entire series. I wanted to actually call this series um, Demon Christians slash Don't Be One. And the staff was like, that's not a good, that's not good, that's not good. I was like, come on, that's going to be great. Don't be a demon. Works, right? I don't know. I thought, I thought it did. But okay, so what is, he, what is he saying? He's saying, hey, at some point in your life, you're going to have to choose, are you going to walk humbly? And is your faith going to be a humble faith? You see, um, a faith that puts you and I first, you first, um, um, is a proud faith. Uh, a, a faith that puts others first is a humble faith. And some of us don't even know this as followers of Jesus. We are walking around with a prideful faith that says we are first. Our prosperity first. Our first. We are first. We're first. And as long as we want to be first, um, we'll be last. Because even Jesus said, uh, by the way, FYI, uh, the first will be last and the last will be first. And also, the greatest among you, yeah, the greatest among you is your servant. So what is he saying here? He's saying, friends, at some point, you and I 
have got to realize that we have to put our pride away and begin to put others first. So walking in uh, humility, um, being focused on doing good means that we choose to put other people's first and other people's feelings first and other people's needs first. And I get it, okay? I get it. Okay, um, this is Mosaic, and maybe you're a part of us, and you know this, and we're all about, like, self-love, and we want to love each other, love ourselves first. I'm all about that. But at some point, that is an excuse to not actually do and act like Jesus because you're so focused on just like, I just want to feel loved, which is beautiful and awesome. And I'll tell you what, God loves you and no one else is going to love you more than he loves you. So let's settle that. Now let's focus on loving everybody else. Friends, I, I, I say this and, and I'm, 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 I'm not trying to be cute here. I'm just saying we have an opportunity as followers of Jesus, as mosaic, to do the opposite of what every uh, it seems like what the majority of Christian culture is doing right now. And it's not doing this. It's not talking about the gifts. Uh, it's, talking about the, it's not talking about the fruits of the Spirit. It's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. It's talking about all the awesome things we can do. No, it's not talking about, the, talking about all the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and grow in us. And goodness is something that He wants to grow in us. And that means we have to be focused on doing good. Let's be the church that refuses to... Uh, do the opposite of what Micah just said. It, let's, let's just be the church that refuses to act with prejudgment. No, we act what? We act justly. We refuse to love punishment. No, we love mercy. We refuse to walk in spiritual pride. Uh, 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 no, we walk in humility. Man, what if we did that? I'll tell you what we would do. We begin to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus. And that is what we are trying to do this entire time, friends. This is, this is our deal. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to accomplish this. And it starts with us not talking about amazing things that we will do. It doesn't start talking. It's not about like uh, digging in the scriptures and finding out all the beautiful things, which is, which is great. It's in fact doing what the scriptures tell us to do. Now, now you're thinking, Naeem, that's a lot of pressure. I get it. I get it. But that's why this is a fruit of the Spirit. Remember the fruit of the Spirit. This is all supernatural. So what does that mean? That means, friends, that means is that if you allow yourself and open yourself to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to produce supernatural fruit in you. So if you're like, name, uh, there's no way I can be this good. I get it. I know some of you. There's no way. Okay, you know me. There's no way. But with the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. You, you remember the, there was a guy, Nicodemus. He went to Jesus and he was like, hey, what do I need to do to, to have eternal life? Like, what do I need to do to get to your level? In fact, that's what he's pretty much said. And Jesus told him this. He said, unless you are born again, you, can, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Like, unless you're born again, you can't enter the space that you're trying to get to, this point which you're trying to get to spiritually, unless you're born again. And the guy was like, uh, what do I do? Uh, how can I be born again? And then Jesus says, tell, tells him, he said, you are born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, in fact, the mother, in a sense, who gives birth to your spiritual life. It is so supernatural, but you have to give in and allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. So for some of us, if you're a follower of Jesus, it means you, you entrust yourself fully to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, that you allow yourself to be uh, corrected 
and you allow yourself to, to have the boldness to actually repent and change. It allows yourself to be accountable to, to the things that, you, that you're doing and not doing. Man, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? If you're not a follower of Jesus, you're like trying to figure this out. Simply what that means is you start with this idea of, okay, being right with God. And that's simply saying, Jesus, I want to give you my life. Would you um, forgive me of my sins? And would you fill me with your, the Holy Spirit? And once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, once it becomes alive and gives birth inside of you, friends, it'll do all the stuff that we are committing to do. So let's do it. Let's be that. Let's be that. Let me pray for us. Lord God, thank you so much for this conversation. God, for so many of us, um, we are consumed with just, just being good. And God, for some of us, it, it's, it's, this, it's this lie that we've been told. It's this um, fear and guilt and shame that we've been instilled, uh, um, that's been instilled into us, God. That we're always like afraid to do something because it'll send us to hell. God, it's, 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 the, it's the biggest distraction that the enemy has, God. That, um, that, that is, if we're just distracted in being good and, and, and trying to be um, um, godly, we, we, actually, um, we actually waste our time and, and, and we're not focused on actually being godlike. So Father, I just pray against all of those things that have um, been put inside some of us, God. Uh, this, this need to just be good. God, remind us that you, and because of what you've done, God, your righteousness has, has, has fallen all into us. God, that, that we understand this idea of original sin, but God, now we have this inherent goodness in us because we've been made right with you. And Father, for some of us who are wondering, God, I, I want this relationship with you. I pray, God, that they would just right now, they would say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. God, I pray. I pray that you would, um, by the work of your Holy Spirit, produce these spiritual fruits in us. Because, God, we need them. But more importantly, God, the world needs them. And we're here for the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.